Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You can tell our friends and they can have my things when we're dead. Boys, 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 fellas, the boys cast, first podcast exclusively for the boys. One of my favorite things ever is always when people are into canceling people online for doing stuff bad. That's it. There's nothing more to that story. That's I just love it. Get off. Can't stop coming every time I see it. But no, when you go back like two week, two two years later, and that guy was like an edge, like free speech guy, just because so many people they're just all in on whatever they think, you know, whatever they are, whatever's the flavor of the week that they're into, they're all in on it. But it's always the best looking at old shows because all of Hollywood's all in, and trans stuffs the stuff that changed the quickest. Where you know before it was like just so off, you know, such an easy punchline for a lot of comedians to be like, oh, it's the tranny, and now it's like if you're not sucking a penis, you're part of the problem. And all that stuff's changed so quick. But so I was watching Criminal Minds because, like I told you, if anyone who's been following the boys cast, anyone who's part of the squad knows that I finished SVU and I've moved on to greener pastures, Criminal Minds, which I don't like as much, by the way. But what happened is there's this episode and I've been I, I went to sleep thinking about it. I woke up thinking about it. It's just so fucking funny because what essentially happened is there's this uh, guy and he was the murderer, but no one knew he's the murderer because he passed a lie detector and all this stuff. But the gist was that he has a split personality and there's this he's half he's a guy sometimes and a girl sometimes it's gender fluid, you know, modern day gender fluid. But at the time they call it a split personality. And then what happened was. Because when the when they finally caught him, the girl took over and then wouldn't let the guy back out. And the 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 investigator developed a relationship with this guy. So he really wanted his boy back. You know what I mean? He wanted to talk to the guy. He didn't want to give up on him. So he's like, you know, come on, you got to let me talk to him. And she's like, he's not here anymore because the other personality is like a sassy 16 year old girl. And he's coming. He goes, come on. I know Jason's in there somewhere. Just let him out. And the idea of like now a trans chick and you're yelling in her face, let the guy out. You're telling me there's not a dude inside that body just crushing beer cans on his head. Come on. I know Jason's in there. Just stop sparking a stogie ready to go fist bumping with the boys let him out puts his head to it i can faintly hear ole 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 he's chugging a brew let him out it's saturday you gotta let him out just a trans chick that's sat- saturdays are for the boys so she's like i'm gender fluid which days are you a guy saturdays obviously that's for the boys
<laughs> so she just switches back to guy on Saturday. And this <laughs> the guy's essentially yelling in the girl's face, let the dude out. Let the, let the boys free. And the girl's like, he's not going anywhere. I'm Stacy now. And you're just like, man, that would be phenomenal to see a crime show. You know, an Ice-T had to be the guy on SVU 2020 yelling in this girl's face. Let him out, Sharon. <laughs> we had enough. It's time for the boys to play. So it's just funny how quickly things change and the rules that they make up of what's allowed and what's not allowed. Yeah. So basically things are changing at this insanely rapid rate. And then you get in a situation where everyone's like, can you believe what this person said? And everyone's like, okay. And then they're like, he said this and this and this. You're like, I'm listening. You go, that's it. And everyone's like, I mean, that's completely normal. And that's why this is one of my favorite probably examples of this in the last little while was Mike Mulberry. And a lot of people sent me this and I've seen it a bunch of places by myself, but it was the most. So basically what he said, okay, so this is the article, Deadspin, gross, stupid, sexist, latest bile proves, proves time to ice Mike Mulberry, get him off the stage, kill him. And then what he said was, And he said it's the perfect place because they're all in quarantine and they're playing better because there's not even any women here to disrupt your concentration. And everyone hears that and goes, yeah, that's that's what happens. It's the most normal thing in the world. The great Drizzy Drake once said, he goes, if you want to get anything done, you can't spend all your time on women. And every single person you know has a friend or yourself that has gone through a phase where you're way too into crossing pussy. Especially when like Tinder and all that stuff came and all the nerds that were bad with chicks, then they got 30 and you're like, oh, I could just get real. I could like, I, I could crush like sevens all day long, even though I'm good with chicks. But all, and you're like, what's the secret? Spend all day, every day on Tinder. That's it. You're just like, you got nine conversations going and you're not getting anything done it is the rule one of being bad at your job or not moving forward is having being insane uh, insanely occupied with getting chicks the same one but it's not just that and that's why you know you're like okay well the answer is just say to get a girlfriend you're like wrong again because they take up just as much time what you need is a girlfriend who's mad busy (laughs) works 80 hours a week that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for a chick that works 90 hours a week zero time and you're like that sounds perfect because yeah guess what chicks want a lot of time they at least want a couple nights a week you know so you end up in the same situation and it's not good or bad and then kids if you have kids guess what that takes time and it's like you say things like this you're like yeah having kids would uh would take a lot of your time and probably make you worse at work what do you mean it would make you worse at work you're like well, it, may, it just means that you'd have less time because that takes up some time. Yeah, like your girlfriend's a bit of a distraction because she can take time of yours. And then you go, what do you mean takes time? It's like, well, uh, when you're with someone, see, time has a finite resource. And not to mention, when you're around them, you inherit their problems. And some people have a situation with a chick where it like, yeah, it can make their life better if you got the right arrangement, if you're a G, if you know how to flex it. But not everyone. And if you're a hockey player that's like just sitting in a place and you got nothing to do you're and you're gonna and especially if you're single and you're gonna be spending time with that and if your wife's in your hotel room with you she's gonna be like can we do this okay can we talk hey i got a problem and it it works the other way too and if anything it works the other way more like chicks um because chicks are a little more prone to throw away everything for a dude I think everyone's seen that, so it's like, you know, there's a lot of times that a girl starts getting a guy, probably more so, everyone knows the guy that starts dating a girl and then kind of disappears, but there's way more prone to be in a girl, where she starts dating a guy and all her friends are like, yo, where'd she go? And she's like, she's baking, where she should be. 
But these people flipped out, and everyone I know, every normal person was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, if you're uh, spending all your time on women, that's a distraction. And they go, oh, no. What, what would he be doing other? Oh, he's just focusing on hockey, watching the games, uh, watching the playback, talking about hockey, and he's uh, training in the gym. And then what was he doing before? Yeah, he was like out at nightclubs. You go, what's the difference? And you go, yeah, obviously, I'm not talking to a human being. And the problem is with like everything, and this is what happens with comedy, and this is what happens with Silicon Valley, people with no skin in the game want to get involved and tell them how to run hockey. And to be honest, you know, they mentioned this in the article, but I'm surprised it took them so long to get to hockey because it is the ultimate white sport. You know what I mean? How was it? How did it not happen sooner where everyone was just like, yo, let's like kill hockey because <laughs> that is a problem. So this is what they said. With hockey players, and if you keep hockey people too long on TV, they'll vomit up some kind of vile, furry thing that slithers away as soon as it hits the linoleum. You know, this is the idea that this is specific. You've said this about everything. You can't You can't just say it's like hockey's got a specific problem. Silicon Valley's got a problem. Comedy's got a problem. The, the healthcare industry's got a problem. You're like, you got it. You don't like men. I, I g- 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 got it. But it is really one of those things where if hockey was a villain and they came to catch him and they said, listen, th- this is turned on you and we're taking you. I cannot see how you cannot be like, what took you so long? The classic, I've been waiting. So these people, they're just good old boys. You know, most of them are ex-players like, oh, just drinking some brews, eh? You know, especially the Canadian ones, which still makes up a, a good portion of the league. Just some bros having some drinks, eh? Kicking it back, dipping chew, you know? Just trying to double team some chicks. <laughs> bros. But that doesn't mean there isn't that in every industry, and it also doesn't mean that's bad. Milbury's offering up something gross, stupid, and sexist. The way they describe this, you would say that he said women shouldn't be in the stadium, they shouldn't be allowed to vote, and they should have their clits removed. And this has been a banner for advertising this week as to why it's time to move away from older white guys being the only group most stations choose their broadcasters from. He's an ex-player. It's like, do you not understand that? Yeah, there's a lot of sports. Most of them are dominated by black guys, in America especially. And this is dominated by white people. That's who plays hockey. And guess what? Most of the announcers are ex-hockey players. Glenn Healy, for example, who is my next-door neighbor for most of my life. So you're like, they should have a... Imagine you turn on hockey and just like it was all these... It was just like 10 black guys were the announcers now. And women. Like, what are you talking about? Why do you care? You don't watch hockey. You're like, do you watch hockey? Hell no. But I have a lot to say about who should be the announcers. I'll tell you that right now. It also ignores a good portion of players in these bubbles that probably miss their wives, girlfriend, children's terrible, terribly. You know what I see? Distraction, distraction, distraction. And being away from these is probably much harder on them than personally than being at home. Yeah, this is definitely a girl that's writing this. You know, I'm not saying there's not some people in the world. <laughs> you're not, maybe if you're a couple people, but anyone who has had any job where you sort of, you know, spend some time with your girlfriend and some time away, especially don't forget when these hockey players are in their off season, 
a lot of them don't have another job. So it's like you actually are around, you know, you're in the house with your chick like 24 seven, you know where to go. Anyone who's lived with a girl that didn't have like a job that they were working at home or anyone that's in the pandemic right now is like, yeah, be nice to go to the office right now, I think. And maybe some chicks are like, yeah, get me away from this dude. This guy's farting everywhere. <laughs> so you have this situation where they go, every guy just, uh, the actual truth is Mike Milbury says a distraction where most of the players are probably missing their wives. Yeah, I'm sure most of the players are like, yo, sick, dude. <laughs> this is what they also say. He's a dickhead player, Milbury who once beat up a fan in the stands with a shoe. I mean, that's fucking hilarious. And he's the worst in all of sports history. Oh, literally one of the worst in all of sports history. So bad that it took the Islanders over a decade to crawl out from under this mess. Can't imagine that took 10 years, sorry. And a broadcaster that's about as engaging as earwax. Was it the fact that he said something sexist or do you hate this guy? It's like the, what they do to all these people. That's the Louis C.K. thing. They go, can you believe he did this? Also, he's not funny. Also, like, he's, uh, he's gross. And you go, well, what are you, are you, what are you trying to cancel him for? It's like, what, are you just, it's like that thing I was saying last episode where, like, do something for one reason. Don't try to add in things. It's like, you're like, oh, we should cancel him because this thing was horrendous. And you're like, also, he sucks at broadcasting. It's like, okay, well, if he sucks at broadcasting, say he sucks at broadcasting. But what does this comment have to do with that? And what does him sucking at broadcasting have to do with the comment? And what the fuck would you know about what makes a good hockey broadcaster? The idea that there's like this social justice person being like, I can't believe this guy said something. There should be more diverse broadcasters. You know, no, I've never played hockey and I don't watch hockey. Also, he's a bad broadcaster. What are you talking about? And the fact that when you're in such the minority... And if you're like a dude that agreed with this article, just know that when you're having conversations with dudes, if you found that people are agreeing with you, just know that people are lying to you and people have stopped telling you the truth because they don't trust you because they see you as a Soviet guard who's here to ruin the fun for the boys. Hockey broadcasters must think they have to have their own Charles Barkley while not taking any time to consider what Charles Barkley actually is. So now they're basically saying, like, obviously you want to have ex-players in basketball <laughs> where the ex-players are black guys, but we're talking about hockey here. We don't have the luxury of finding a Charles Barkley. We have to use a Chad Smith, and it's not going to do. Yes, Barkley might say something outlandish from time to time. Yeah, I mean, Barkley might do the exact same thing that Mulberry did. But Barkley is A, actually funny. B, one of the greatest players of all time. So now... <laughs> so you're, you're saying this guy needs to get fired from his uh, sexist comment. And in your description, it's vile, gross. One of the most horrendous things you've ever heard. And now you're like... uh, He's not funny. He wasn't a good enough player. <laughs> He's uh, boring. It's like, what is it? He's not funny. So it's like, uh, this hockey broadcaster isn't funny enough for you. I mean, whoever wrote this article, I would love to see your sense of humor. I'm sure that you have banger choices of comics because you're like, uh, oh, that guy's not funny. Anyways, this guy said something sexist and it was so gross. I can't believe this hockey broadcaster. Also, I'm an expert at comedy. I doubt it. I doubt anyone's ever thought you were funny. And I doubt you have a funny group of friends. Milbury has never provided any of that. And neither did James Roenick. Either James Roenick's also bad.
It always makes me laugh just the extent to which these articles are all over the place. Now we're on to someone else that's bad. <laughs> you're three paragraphs in and you're like, also Ronick's bad. And if you remember what Ronick said, there was like a hot chick and he was there with his wife and he goes, yeah, yeah I would have, wouldn't have minded having a threesome with the two of us. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, oh, oh. And then they were like, oh, 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 what? To the guillotines. The NHL occasionally asks, why isn't it more popular than it is? The NHL as like a human being. Uh, the NHL has to speak. Why are we more popular? Come on, guys. Why are we always in the nerd corner? That's what the NHL asks. Or how can it reach a new audience? I mean, yeah, every company says, how can we get bigger? You know, once in a while, as a company, the NHL is saying like, hey, is it possible that we can expand our viewership because that's how we make money? So that's what they say. But though it's never clear how much sincerity is behind it. Really, NHL? Do you really want more viewers? Yeah? Any, sure that Amazon says they want to get bigger, but do they really? What do you think, NHL? I see what you're up to. No, no, look at us. We're the NHL. We want to make money. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Keep on dipping chew and telling people that girls are distractions. That's what you want. You want... You want women to let you play hockey, and you don't care how much money it loses you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the NHL, like, and by the way, the NHL's even had some pretty woke commercials. If you've watched the NHL, like, they, they dip their, <laughs> they've been dipping their toe in, you know what I mean? They're, they have, like, a hockey team, and it's just, like, all brown dudes. <laughs> and and I see, you go, I see you, especially in, like, lots of parts of Canada, like, tons of brown dudes, and they're, like, they love basketball, you know what I mean? There's, like, not a lot of brown dudes in the NBA, and they're, like, you know, Hockey? You guys can watch hockey, right? And they're like, yeah, we're actually good. So they can't even stick to their own rules. It's kind of like how they say accents. You're not supposed to do certain accents. Like if you do an Indian accent, that's racist. You know what I mean? You're like, why? You go, they're making fun of them. You go, what if I do a Russian accent? And they go, well, if you do a Russian accent, you're not making fun of them. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm celebrating them. When I go on stage and I go, it is me, a stupid Russian loser. And they go, good work. Celebrating the culture. I appreciate that. That's you celebrating. And if I go... Hello, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> they go, how could you ever do that? I used to, one of my favorite jokes on stage, which it was in my special, but it works a little better on stage because it's like you're messing with the audience joke. But I always go, that works a little better, but it's, it's uh, you don't get the effect when you watch it because you're not in the audience. But I always go, you know, I, I do, do a Russian accent. And then I go, I would do an Asian accent, but you know, you guys will get mad and Russian's the only one I can do, even though I do a really amazing Asian accent. But you guys won't see it because your pussies and everyone goes, Yo, come on, do it. And I go, no, you guys are too afraid. You can't handle the accent. Listen, I'm trying to play by the rules. You got your Russian, crappy Russian accent, even though I'm a phenomenal Chinese accenter. And then they go, no, do it. They chant my name, Ryan, Ryan. So I eventually bully them into begging me to do it. And then, and then they go, I go, all right, fine, but don't get all weird because I'm doing a Chinese accent. And I go, I do the most racist accent and then they go and then everyone does kind of clam up a little bit and I go see told you I knew you couldn't handle it you begged me you begged for it and now you couldn't handle it now I don't listen to any of you anymore I can't trust you so just just bullying audience members fun thing for me I've also come to the conclusion that I don't think there's anyone in the world right now that doesn't see them as self as a victim on the right and on the left. But Because I was watching the tech hearings 
And you know, there's like a bazillion problems with big tech. And then there's the first part. They, they, and it's funny because they have these tech hearings and what happens is Congress, you know, and the people that work in government or whatever, they get to all grill them for 15 minutes. You know what I mean? So Zuckerberg like sits there and they all tag each other in where the guy goes, well, how about this? How about this? But they're really doing it so they can get like a viral clip. They're essentially like, have you ever seen a dance team where there's like 10 of them in the line and then one gets to the front and they get to dance for a bit and they go, my name is Ryan. And then the next guy goes and gets his thing. And then whoever has the best one might get the viral clip. That's what they do. This guy comes in and he says, well, maybe Facebook's too big. Why don't you censor this? Why don't you censor that? And then they tag the next guy. And it's like, I actually was thinking, why don't you censor this? And that's the gist of it. And they kind of don't know what they're talking about. Because, you know, none of them are, you know, most of them don't understand like antitrust laws. And they don't understand the difference between antitrust and regulation. So they're kind of like confusing all of these things into like one big ball. And they're just like taking this as an opportunity, like yell at these people. And again, I don't think that there's not a huge but different problems with big tech. It's just these guys don't understand it. And the problem is they're all on different sides. And but to go back to the victim thing, it's like the right wing people uh, are essentially like, yo, tech censoring speech and blah, blah, blah. And then the left wing people come up and they're like, actually, you got Trump elected. You're promoting right wing speech. And it was just like so you basically have half the people are like these guys are too right wing. Half the people are these two left wing. Uh, and obviously I'm on on the side of they shouldn't. Uh, be taking stuff down and stuff like that because I'm a comedian and I don't like when a big tech decides what I'm going to put on the internet. But the um, but at the end of the day, then Facebook, you know, Mark Zuckerberg says like, yes, we're going to do our best. Oh my God, almighty oh, Congress people. Like you guys are so good at grilling. Good, gr- good grill work. Yep, good grill work. I'm uh, going to take that into consideration and I'm going to go back to my team and they don't do shit. And, but like really, then they go to the Chinese government and then they like make these deals to, you know, give them... Uh, people's passwords and information so they can find journalists and behead them. And then he comes back and it's like, yep, we're going to, oh, someone said something naughty. Yep, we're going to do, honestly, uh, we're on it. Tell me where they are. We're going to give them a spanking. And then they call, you know, um, um, General Chong, who runs the Chinese army. (laughs) And they call General Chong who runs the Chinese army in this day. Uh, He's at a 445 uh, Bat Soup Street. So if you want to show up and cut him down. And I've been talking a lot about this. It's on the last, I, I did a, cra- a kind of like a crazy press week and I've sort of, this com- conversations like come up a lot, but the gist of when you watch these things and they don't understand the implications of, you know, you send the speech because, of, you know, we think it's going to help Trump if you don't or whatever. And the fact that, you know, so many people speak for a living, this is how ideas are transferred and they don't get that and they don't care. And I understand why. And this is one of the things I've been arguing a lot. It's like, do you see art or politics you know, and what's more important. And this is how they see it. They see, you know, speech and comedy and stuff like that. Basically, is it? it's like if you're watching a football game and that's why you're there to watch the football game and you're like, this is the important thing. And then the dancers come out and do the little halftime show and you maybe get some popcorn. And you're like, oh yeah, the dancers are doing their halftime show, whatever. And then the dancers leave. or And then they see it as that. Whereas for someone the dance thing was the most important thing. And if you said, what's more important, football or dance? They're like, you know, obviously dance. That's to me, that's the most important thing. And that's how they see it. Like there's someone's life 
who they spent all, you know, their whole life getting good at dance. They got this job at the, you know, working for a football team, being the head of cheerleaders, putting these routines together. It's a big deal. Maybe they invited someone out because they're doing the dance to the halftime show. Maybe they don't even give a shit about football. And that's how I feel about them with their politics. It's like this, you know, this, all of this stuff. Okay, we'll let these clowns do their little thing as long as they don't, you know, get in the way. It's like saying, hey, we got to stop doing this halftime show because, uh, you know, when you're throwing people up in the air, it's making divots in the field and we don't care about that. You go, who cares about the divots? And they go, who cares about the divots? Who gives a shit about your stupid little show? And that's how they see it. So if you see the world as, you know, art and all this stuff is not important and you see the world as that should be, okay, we'll allow it as long as it doesn't interfere with this. And especially when you're partisan, part of these like part- partisan politics system, you see it as like, well, as long as it doesn't in- interfere, especially to help the other guy you know what I mean and then they start arguing over there's divots on the field and you're like well yeah but the divots are on the wrong side it's like okay well maybe you can do it but you be on that side because we'll let you be the divots there and then when they're in their end zone they have the divots and those are like the arguments that are taking place about art they see it as not important so these conversations when you see people and then they go why are you friggin' whining and you go because you're trying to clamp down on the way that we I do things and that's my whole world and they go well your freaking world doesn't matter like you you stupid fucking clown <laughs> and it doesn't even mean they're wrong but it just means that that's your reality and this is my reality so if you can't if you don't understand why that I don't see myself as a function of your life I don't see myself as a simulation you're living in and we're all just NPCs. I see what I do as important the same way you do. And that's why we have a difference of opinion on those things. And when you start, and when you do clamp down on everyone's speech, what happens is you get Richard Spencer endorsing Joe Biden. But you get guys like Richard Spencer. Richard Spencer endorsing Joe Biden, first and foremost, hilarious. Funny stuff. If that's a troll, he's the big uh, white nationalist guy. And he's, he's like super dork, but he was kind of like, white people are the best. Jews aren't going to replace us. You know, he was the, he's a, kind of that dude, right? He's the kind of like invented the, the white nationalist haircut, had the tiki torches, the whole deal. You know what I mean? And Vice Magazine and every single blog in the world made him famous essentially because they were like, ooh, a Nazi. Because normally they bring a Nazi on and, they, you know, they bring their Nazi on and the guy's like, yeah, I don't know. I just like not that into socialism or something like that. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> they go, they cut it. They cut the camera and like. Hey, dude, like you were kind of being racist on the internet. Do you mind if like you just turn up the racism? And then the guy's like, I don't know. I'm not that racist. He's like, yeah, just if you don't mind, we kind of <laughs> brought you on here to be racist. And then Richard Spencer goes on there and he's like, the Jews are trying to replace us. And they're like, a money, money, money. <laughs> What's your schedule look like? Can we get you back? So this guy's all over that. But then I guess his movement sort of died down and he needed a hit for he needed a, he needed a little hit in the media. And there's the side of it where people say, no, he actually uh, suits more of the Democrats in this. I don't know if that's what's going on. I don't know if I take anything that Richard Spencer says at necessarily face value. So maybe who knows what his motivation is and who cares, really. But it's funny. And I just read the article where the Biden campaign reacts about it. And they basically they're talking about it and they go, so Joe Biden, uh, Richard Spencer endorsed him. Joe Biden rejected him despite the fact that the endorsement. And you go, what does that even mean? You rejected him like these guys spent their entire campaign being like, look who likes Trump. (laughs) This guy likes Trump. And then like the main white nationalist, like, yo, I'm a Biden head. He's my dude. I'm Biden for the win. Yo, JB. And then he's like, I actually reject that. And it's like, but what is that? 
mean. I, the problem, I, I, I do agree people shouldn't be in trouble for who likes them in the first place, but obviously people are going to point out the hypocrisy that you've been like running on, like, you know, look at these deplorables and all that sort of stuff. But the funny part is when you say you reject him, it's like, yeah, what do you mean? Like, he's not going to be a speaker? We are, we're not going to have rich, despite the fact that he's here, we're not, he's not going to be a speaker. We reject him. Like, you can't reject him from voting because he gets to do it. So all you should, like, you should say, like, yeah, I mean, I don't like that guy. He's allowed to vote for whoever he wants, but I don't, like, think that's cool. <laughs> but, yeah, Joe Rogan endorsed Bernie Sanders and the internet went nuts. And so this is what they say. This... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And this is what, and then in the article, they go, Spencer and his views have been widely condemned by Democrats as well as many conservatives. <laughs> they go, every single Democrat, top to bottom, everyone, from your grandmother to your old teacher, they said no. And also a few, even, even some conservatives, you're like, find me like a conservative guy that was like a Richard Spencer guy. Like, if, like, just shut up. Just say like Democrats and conservatives both like don't fuck with Richard Spencer that hard. It's like so obviously that's the case. And w the reason you get the Richards and the Spencers of the world when you stop answering people's questions and you stop allowing people to have conversation. And that's, and it's not even so much that you get the Richard Spencers, it's that people start listening to the Richard Spencers. And... Because as much as you people want to think people are stupid, people need answers as to why they're doing things. And you want to go with the teacher route, you know, the parent route where you go, your bet, you know, I need you. I need you to stop hanging out with this person. And you go, why? It doesn't matter why. Never talk to him again. And you go, mom, like, this is like my best friend. What's, I don't care. If you, if you talk to him again, you're grounded. And the kid's like, I need an answer. And then you're like, mom won't answer. And then you start talking to your friends. You're like, why is my mom doing this? And you're going to find answers elsewhere. And there's a lot of topics like that that are uncomfortable. And once you start pushing the answer and you say, here's the answer, people start saying, how did we get there? And so, for example, when you say things about like diversity and most people, the truth is underneath it all, if you said, you know, why is diversity so good? They would go. Well, it's just, it's just like a positive thing. You know, it's like, we should, we should be celebrating everything. And you go, I understand the sentiment, but the truth is diversity is ambiguous. That's what the actual truth is. When people start saying like the racial demographics of this country are changing, it should, it shouldn't necessarily be something that makes you feel one way or another. You know, if you show up to a room and there's like, you know, if you go to a bar and there's a certain amount of white people, and if you go to a bar and there's a certain amount of black people, that should mean nothing to you. You shouldn't really give a shit. And I'm not saying everyone's completely colorblind or anything like that, but in the best scenario possible, in the best society possible, in the actual least race, racist group, that's probably the case. But so when you start celebrating it and you go, diversity is our strength, it's amazing, it's the best, and you go, why is it so good? And they go, it just shut up. It is. And then you go, well, should Japan be di more diverse? <clears throat> you go, D Japan is all... 
Because you know, they'll rationalize. You go, you could say, well, why shouldn't you know Nigeria be diverse? And, and I've heard people kind of put together flimsy arguments where they go, well, the reason is they're a less developed country. So this, and you know, they'll say sort of things like that, these condescending like reasons why. And then you could pick a metropolitan like Japan and you go, why shouldn't Japan be more diverse if diversity is great? And they'll say nothing they'll just be like i don't know and i and at the most they'll i don't know maybe yeah maybe it should be i don't know so you basically anyone that like kind of thinks in socratic logic starts being like what the fuck is going on here yeah obviously there's no problem with it but if you have a company that's 100 brown dudes why why is that a problem specifically if they're not holding other people out or i, I don't understand what the issue is so if you have a country or a bar, let's say you have a bar, like in my analogy, that ends up being like a hip hop bar and ends up being more black guys, why is that a problem one way or the other? And obviously the answer is they don't have one and they don't give you one. And you go, if you ask that question, if you post it on Facebook right now, you said, hey, just a quick, Danny Polish, that guy's the joke where it's like, hey, uh, we have a million genders. And you go, okay, I just have a quick question. No questions. <laughs> and you know, that's kind of what's going on is people go, Okay, I know you. I know that you, everyone's saying this. But if you post it on Facebook right now, you go, "Yeah, hey, quick question." Everyone's talking about diversity is so great. Like, why though? And I guess they could string together even like you know, oh, it's better ideas. And you're like, well, that hasn't really been proven. And even if you think that, then why shouldn't we're back to square one? Where why shouldn't Japan be more diverse? And you're like, is that one of Japan's problem? Is there too many of the same race there? And they end up, you end up in these kind of loops and no one gives these people answers. And the truth is this, it's like, it's not good, probably or bad, but these people, you know, are part of this ideology that that, that's probably the actual truth, but you're not allowed to ask. So you don't get that answer from normal people. Cause a lot of people that kind of think that just don't want to talk about it. They go, you know, most people are kind of like, oh, I'll just stay out of this. And guess who talks about it? Guess who trounces along and gives people answers? <laughs> Richard motherfucking Spencer says, you know why diversity, why they want diversity is because they're trying to replace you. They go, you know why your mom, you know why your mom doesn't want you to hang out with that guy is because she's afraid because you know why your mom doesn't want you to hang out with that guy? Cause he's got some information about her that she doesn't want you to have. It's the same thing as what these guys say. They go, you know, I saw CNN. They were kind of saying like, oh, it's going to be major minority white, like sick. Right. And then they go, why are they so pumped about that? And everyone goes, shh, shh, just, just shut Let them do the thing. Like I'm telling you, don't get involved. And they go, and then you go to sleep and you go, all right. It just like, why do they, why are they so pumped about this? And Richard Spencer goes, they want you gone. They want an ethno state. They want a thing. And then, so all this stuff happens. And then basically people kind of, you know, that's the only person that gives them answers. And that's the same thing that happens. I've said that before, but it's the same thing that happens with Muslims and ever, and the same things that happens that get radicalized and the same thing that happens with everyone that get ra radicalized. No one wants to give them answers. And then these people give them the, give them some fucking answers. And it's not the answers that you want to have them. So that's what happens when you start clamping down on what people are allowed to say. They find those answers in bad places. I've been thinking a lot about this, uh, that I'm, it's that I definitely do find I, I've heard people sort of say this to me recently in interviews that, that one of the things they liked was that there's places where I could have made a point and I avoided it and gone for the funny. And I was even seeing that when I was editing my videos the other day. Uh, there was like a few things that I was like, oh, that'd be a good point. But I was like, that's ah, not that funny. So I leave it out. And it was kind of like that Chappelle joke where he said, 
Uh, when he knows that he's more comedian than black guy, because when Kramer uh, Michael Richards had his big like thing where he yelled the N word and got in so much trouble, he goes, "Yeah, yeah." Like there was like th uh, you know a small percentage of me that was like, "Man, I can't believe he would say that. That's racist." But like the bigger part of me was like, "Yo, dude, Kramer's having a bad set," and I kind of feel like that when I was thinking about, you know, I was thinking of like for myself like. You know what would be better? Who would who to win? What would happen? And all I could think about was what's the funniest option. That's the only that's the only thing I could think of, and that's what I'm gonna do my video about this week because I got obsessed with it. Just how funny it would be if Trump lost, and all of these blogs and all of these people that are like professional reply guys have to just be like, uh, yes, I guess. And you're like, hey, the president tweeted, let's get him. And you're like, oh, President Joe Biden. And just, I don't know, just like it, I guess. You know, like, what do they do? All of these people that have dedicated their whole life to making jokes about Trump, there's people on the internet that have full pages just making fun of Trump. You know, people that do face swaps with them, they do lip syncs, they have people that have built an entire career, an entire brand on Trump is bad. And if that disappears, that's, that's, is, that's good stuff. It's almost like the reverse meltdown. So I think that right now, I think that's the funniest option. If I had to pick, I'm not, they're both. And the truth is comedically, I think they're both funny. You're going to see meltdowns. You know what I mean? Then seeing the four more years would be, would, would put people into a meltdown, but having their identity wreck would be a slower burn when you'd have to see all these organizations just slowly shutting up shop, just taking their Trump posters off the wall. Hey, do you want to get together and uh, go to the, do you want to get together and graffiti never Trump on the wall? And you're like, what graffiti, just a guy who can't run for president again. Yeah, let's just graffiti a guy that we don't like, like that runs hotels. Like, what are you talking about? So that would be fun to happen. And no, I guess the last point about the Richard Spencer thing is when you, st you know, I made that video pushing like where they push everyone to the right and then they, you know, some of those guys that end up the same thing, you end up kind of radicalized or whatever. Um, but it's that same, that's, I had a good analogy for what I felt like was happening because there's a big trend on the internet. It's essentially everyone I don't like is conservative. And I've talked about this before, but I kind of feel like I nailed what's going on right now. And a good way to describe it is in rap, when mumble rap started, every old rapper was kind of like, the rap, these, you know, real rap is when they, you know, real rap is when it's like all philosophies, hypocrisies, and, you know, real rap was lyricism. That was a thing. And then every rapper, you know, like Eminem, and it was all like these fucking mumble rappers. And it became like a genre being like, everyone's a mumble rapper. And you, and anyone who was these fans, like, I'm not even like some fan of this guy, but like, if you take like Machine Gun Kelly, anyone who was like a fan of Machine Gun Kelly knows he's not that. He just isn't that. Same with like a million people and all these older rappers who are like, you know, 50 year old rappers, which is already kind of like lame. You're kind of, you know, they're every single one of them is those, these fucking mumble rappers. I put my gun in their face, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> I'm going to shoot them. If I see these guys, I'm going to shoot them lyrically. And then anyone who's a fan of these guys goes, no, they're not. It's like anyone who's listened to him for half an hour is like, no, they're not. And that's what's happening with all this stuff. It's the exact same thing. They go, everyone I don't likes that. And, and it just loses credibility because anyone who's listened to any of these people go, yeah, that guy's not conservative. Like, have you ever watched a conservative? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Legion of Skanks are the same as Larry the Cable Guy. Like, what are you talking about? So I thought that was a good way to describe what's happening in that scenario.
Another interesting thing with how much people have been getting mad at each other is I've I've seen a lot of hate at everyone all over. That's the whole internet is people yelling at each other, you know, virtual rage room. But it's one thing that's that's hate. I, and I saw so James Altucher, I'm not going to talk about it at length because I've I've done kind of a lot of that this week and a lot of people have covered it. But it was the biggest article ever. James Altucher said, you know, New York City's never coming back. And it went crazy viral and everyone got really, really mad. Jerry Seinfeld posted about it. But the crazy thing to me was I've never seen hate like that. Maybe the only thing similar was the Ari Shafir uh, Kobe thing. Like, it's one thing people were, you know, people were like, oh, I'm mad. This guy's racist. Even like the Shane Gillis thing. Like, I hate him. But it wasn't like this. In people's minds, James Altucher went the day after the Twin Towers, spit on the ashes, and said, hail Allah. That's what, like, the, the level of mad people were. I went to comedy clubs and comedians I know. I was like, yeah, the Altucher thing's pretty good. Fuck, fucking hell. You should die. And you're like, I mean, he had a couple of good points. And Jerry Seinfeld's rebuttal, he goes, he goes, the guy's a putz. But Jerry Seinfeld didn't have any, you know, he didn't have any real um, answers. He just kind of said, Jerry Seinfeld's rebuttal was like, no, it's not. No, New York's sick. He doesn't even live there, right? And then James Altucher kind of went back at him being like, yeah, at least I got Jerry Seinfeld to write some new material for the first time. And they kind of went back and forth. And I don't know. Like, James Altucher has some points. Uh, I don't think Jerry Seinfeld has any more points other than like, yo, New York! You know, basically he said, yeah, we have a lot of problems right now. It's, uh, we've got uh, all these companies are moving out. You know, housing's crap, whatever. He's, you know, COVID's done a number on the city and the government's bad. And his probably point of the thing was like the government needs to do something about this. And Jerry Seinfeld was like, new motherfucking York. Put your hands up if you're New York. You know, he just kind of said like, New York's the best. It'll always be the best. New York bride. And he's kind of like, all right, you didn't address any of this though. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that's how I felt about that. A lot of people have been sending me the woke racist uh, things because I've basically become like a meme. So I get, I get tagged in this stuff like nonstop (laughs) and people being like, I think Ryan Long made a video about this because there's a new one. They go, we're going to segregate schools. And (laughs) which is one of those things where you're just like, you guys are that out of control. Like you can't possibly think that you can say, Hey, we're going to make a black school to help them. And people are going to be like part of the problem, part of the solution. Yeah. This is doing your part. Everyone's obviously like, <laughs> excuse me. You, you like even the word segregated. Everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? But there's some, and there's parts of that, but there's a parts of this other article that had sort of the same thing. So this started an article, which is one of my favorites. And they get sent to me because a lot of Canadian boys follow the pod. Uh, it said why the BMI is outdated and what that means for COVID-19. And the gist of the article is like, <laughs> the BMI is bad because you tell people they're fat, <laughs> which I saw uh, a shirt on the internet. It was a fat chick and she had a, a shirt that said riots, not diets. And I was just like, pretty, pretty funny, pretty, pretty good. Big chick shirt, riots, not diets. And I'm like, you know, the obvious thing is I don't know how much rioting you're doing, <laughs> but it's like just to be, it's one thing being like, yo, I'm not. So what? I'm big. It's high. Yeah, I know. It's But another thing to be like fat and proud where you go, diets can suck my dick. You have a shirt. Like basically like a, it says diets and it's crossed out. You know what I mean? Just a picture of a ham on your shirt with a thumbs up. 
<laughs> a picture of a piece of lettuce getting stomped like they used to have the swastikas getting stomped on the punk rock patches. It's like, you're so like anti-health, you know. Diets, yeah, fuck you and fuck your diets. I saw a dude from my high school on Facebook and his chick has blown up. They were together in high school. The chick was pretty hot, Sar. 250 pounds maybe. Beast. <laughs> pretty funny to watch. And I saw his eyes in the photo and you could tell this guy is dead inside. They got kids and stuff and you're just watching it being like, I'm sorry, dude. You honestly just like want to wire him a hundred bucks in solidarity. Like if he had a, <laughs> if this guy just had like a Patreon or like a Venmo in his thing, it's just like, listen, I was kind of like a cool guy in high school, dated a hot chick and now she's really fat. It really sucks. So anything would help. <laughs> People just send him cash. Like, yeah, dude, I honestly, here's a hundred bucks, dude. I feel for you just as a man. At best, the BMI, Body Mass Index, which is devised by measuring weight and height, is a blunt instrument that doesn't tell the doctor very much about the patient's actual health. I'm pretty sure it does. At, for, at worst, it's been critiqued as a discriminatory tool that has, been worsened, that has worsened systematic racism, gender inequality, and exacerbated biases against people known, that are people that are living with obesity. So many wrong things in one sentence. Now, this is the the woke racist part comes in where they're like the the um, the body mass index is is racist because the gist of it is like black people are fat. <laughs> That's like what you're saying. And I don't know if anyone's been to a cruise through uh, the South into the washrooms and blew a dude. But if anyone's cruised through the South and you see like, you know, these fat fucks go to Buffalo. There's some white fatties. There is no shortage of white people with enough fat under their arm to kill a whale. And honestly, so right out of the gate, you're like, well, it's actually racist because it's okay for fat people to be black. They can't help it. You know, and that's how could the argument be anything other than that? You're like, it's part of their culture to be fat fucks. And you're like, no, no, no. I think every culture is uh, can get in shape and it's not, it's probably the positive option. And they say, um, uh, and then they said gender inequality. And it's like, because <laughs> girls are fatter. Well, first of all, yeah. It obviously that girls have a higher uh, BMI because they have boobies and you know a bigger ass. They got that got a fat titties in the ass to match, and that's what it is. But I don't think anyone says that. Like that's they know that the body mass indexes are different from guys and girls. And the truth is, if you have a better way, if they say, hey, listen. Body mass index isn't perfect, which it probably isn't because it's, uh, you know, it probably isn't taking into other factors. And you're like, hey, we actually have a, a all-encompassing thing and body mass index just takes is just one of the things we plug in. And then we actually have a better one uh, that it factors in these other three things and it's easy to do and that'll be our best measure. I think everyone would be like, oh, you've got a better one. But you're not saying that. You're just saying that it's like racist. And you're like, well, what are you proposing in uh, instead of it? I don't know. They might actually propose something in the article, but that is a lot of what people do is they just say, hey, they think the problem, let's get rid of it. And you're like, okay, what's a better one? And they go, wow, that's for you to figure out. It's the Ali G thing when he shows up with the, he has an invention. He goes, it's a skateboard. And he goes like, like it's like, but this, but it hovers. And they go, how does it hover? And he goes, that's where you figure out. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that's kind of what they do. Exacerbated biases against people with living with obesity is the last one of that that I forgot to mention that my rebuttal to is that no one knows your BMI unless you tell them like 
Is there anyone that has their BMI in their Tinder profile? Like, yo, what's up? I'm uh, Ryan Long. BMI. Like, no one knows your BMI. That is a secret. No one even knows your weight. Uh, the, unless they can guess your weight, which is a solid uh, party trick. Like, I can guess a girl's weight and just guess 450. <sighs> Negging them. I think that's in the game. I'm going to do a... Um, a uh, um, a woke pickup artist, and he only picks up girls by saying Trump's bad. <laughs> but he's got all the gear on, like dressed like a magician, the whole thing. Body mass index tells me how big someone is, but it doesn't tell me anything about how sick someone is. So if you apply body mass index, for example, to a sumo wrestler, you would say, well, we need to, we need this guy to have surgery. Well, in fact, you're dealing with a high-performance athlete who is probably fitter than you and I. No, they're not. Sumo wrestlers die young a lot of times, and they have tons of problems, and especially heart problems. You fucking moron. So... <laughs> Imagine being like your pinnacle for health. You go, okay, so you're saying professional athlete. You're like, well, what about this professional athlete? So this is like the top of the pile, the fit, the fittest of the fat. And you go, wow, fat stuff's so funny to me. It's because it's probably my favorite movement of all of the movements, I think. But the fact that they go, okay, look at this sumo wrestler. They're actually in great shape. And it's like, they're not in better shape than a skinny athlete, though, are they? So you say, the fittest sumo wrestler and the fittest basketball player. Who do you think's in better shape? It's like when people say that men are stronger than women. They go, well, look at this woman. She's stronger than me. And you go, yeah, she's a bodybuilder. So again, sumo wrestlers are not in that good shape. And being that fat is not good for them. And a lot of them have tons of complications. <laughs> but the fact that you're comparing a sumo wrestler, you're like, he's actually in better shape than you and I. It's like, yeah. There's a lot of other factors. No one says your BMI is this, and you go, get them on the operating table. You, you might say that, hey, if you don't lose weight, we might want to start thinking about taking your, you know, doing some blood tests and finding out what conditions your heart's in because you're 300 pounds overweight. And there is a great correlation to people dying young and ha being 300 pounds overweight. And you're like, no, there isn't. And then you go, yeah, there is. <laughs> Not really sure how to break it down for you any different than people that are 300 pounds overweight live less on average than people that are in shape. Surprise, surprise. Strings has been researching the origin, so that's the guy's name. Strings has been researching the origin and impact of the BMI for years in relation to a re recent released book, Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia. Yeah, that's why people historically haven't liked chicks that are 600 pounds because they're racist. And you go, are you into that chick? Uh, hey, I'm trying to set you up with a chick. Can you wingman for me? And you go, all right. And you go, she's big. And you go, all right, but like how big? And you're like, she can't fit through the door. And you go, oh, uh, I'm too racist for that. And you go, racist? And you go, well, historically, black girls were bigger than white girls. So we started to be racist against them. And then that just, that's why we don't like fat white chicks. And you go, yeah, I don't think that's what it is. Gotta be honest with you. <laughs> I heard the hypothesis loud and clear. But if you show me a 600-pound girl and I'm not attracted to her, don't think uh, you can trace that puppy back to racism. Gotta be honest with you. Unless those gazumbas are just so perfect that I can look past the 600-pound body. And you go, listen, know what I need you to do is wear a blanket 
the way that the Amish have sex, I just need to put you the gazumbas through two holes, like a titty glory hole, and that's how we're going to do it. <laughs> Listen, them titties ain't fat. Them titties is perfect. Yeah, yeah. If you don't like fat chicks, you're racist. Got it. <laughs> got it. Get it. Got it. Good. This is especially troubling given the complications of COVID-19 that adds to the systematic problems. Yep. Of course it does. People suffering from obesity often suffer from worse outcome or people suffering people suffering from obesity often suffer worse from the COVID-19 outcomes, I guess. And then they say, and all matter of pundits, even those with no medical qualifications are telling them simply to eat better and exercise to safeguard against the infection. You know, all of these people out here with no medical experience are telling them they should exercise and eat better. Can you imagine 400 pound guy and you're like, this is a friend of yours, someone close in your life, maybe your dad and you don't want him to die early and you go, dad, you gotta eat better. You go, what are you, some kind of doctor? Show me your medical degree that I should just, oh, I guess you got it all figured out. I didn't know you had a PhD because I didn't, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Did you go to medical school at some point for seven years and not tell me that you've just got the answer to me losing weight? You're like, I mean, I don't know if I need to be a doctor to know that exercise is going to help. Well, when you show me your medical degree, I will listen to you. All of these idiots out there just throwing around medical div- medical advice willy-nilly. Do you know how harmful that could be? <laughs> these fitness trainers that aren't doctors, they're not medical professionals. You go to a fitness trainer and he's giving you the best way to, or the best program for you to lose weight. Like, yeah, I'll listen to a doctor. Yeah, but the doctor might give you the BMI index, so I don't think you should listen to the doctor anyway. The only thing you should listen to, you know they have Teen Vogue? They should have Fat Teen Vogue. <laughs> just a Teen Vogue magazine only for fat chicks, and it's just like, yo, you're sick. You're perfect. It's just a mirror. Every page is a mirror, a reflective surface, and under it it says, perfect. Nailed it. You're going to live to 150. Tons. Okay. So we should be not be surprised by the fact that disadvantaged communities are yet again experienced great of negative health effects. These guys just can't help themselves for making things about race. They can't help themselves. Like a fat person with an open cookie jar. They want to. They're like, no, I said I wasn't going to. We're going to make an article about why fat people are great. We said we're going to do that. We just, they can't help themselves. It's too fucking tempting. They just set up a perfect way to make everything about race. And they just can't get their dicks hard and their pussies wet unless they make it about race. And they're going, no, I'm not. Come on. Let's just stick to the fact. I can't. (laughs) It's racist. (laughs) Call me fat's racist. (laughs) Experiencing the graded negative effects of health effects because of COVID. But yes, people want to try it and blame the already marginalized people for their position. No one's blaming. Like, I don't even know what you mean by blaming. Like, who's pointing? If the doctor gives you your BMI, the doctor's not, like, (laughs) laying blame as much as he's just telling you the facts. It's like, hey, just so you know, you are overweight. Oh, you're blaming me now. It's like, you know, I'm not saying how it got here. I'm not saying why it got here. I'm saying this is the case. The same way that if someone said, hey, you have cancer, it's like, whoa, okay, pointing fingers. It's like, listen, dude, I, I'm, I don't know what to tell you here. You're overweight. I'm not. 
yeah, way to throw around blame. I guess everything's just my fault. It's like, I don't, you know, we, to be honest, we don't even need to have the conversation about whose fault it is. Here we are. We're just, this is the situation we're in. We're going to have to bring a crane in to get you out of the office. We as doctors haven't been doing a very good job for a long time, says Sharma. Forever, doctor, <laughs> way to throw like every doctor out into the bus. You're like, yo, every single doctor has been fucking up forever. We all suck. Every doctor's like, yeah, I've actually have been doing a good job. I run a practice and I have like high Yelp rating. <laughs> I have a, I have the highest review MD. I've been actually crushing it and all my patients love us. No, we suck as doctors. Why? We've been telling everyone they're fat. Which everyone? No, just fat people. <laughs> we'll stop. Everybody who has weight issues complains that uh, I just my brain is naturally saying that the fridge is empty. Everyone who has weight issues complains that if you go to a doctor with any problem, then say, well, if you lost weight, it would do a lot better. That's what the doctors say. These racist doctors. And then people ask, what do I need to do to lose weight? And they say, well, This is a good article, by the way, right? Guys, picked a pretty good one, right? They go, we as doctors haven't been doing good for a job for a long time. We've been doing really bad. And now in the next sentence says, what do I need to do to lose weight? And these doctors, the ones that haven't been doing a good job say, well, maybe try eating less and moving around more. (laughs) It's like, and we haven't been doing a good job. You come in and the doctor says, (laughs) you're like, what solution are you hoping for? That, what answer were you hoping for? You go in, the doctor's like, all right, doctor, I hear you loud and clear. I'm 600 pounds overweight. Now give me some answers, what I can do about it. And he's like, I would recommend eating less and some um, bit of do- exercise, which by the way, you just said, you just got mad at normal people for saying something. You're like, these normal people just throwing around that you should eat less and exercise more. And then you go, what do the doctors say? Well, they also kind of say that too, but they, they should be saying it, but they shouldn't be saying it. Neither should you. Then they go, so eating less and try moving around more. And then you go, speak English. No more doctors speak. Yes. Uh, can you give me some advice that I can actually use? I'm not a superhero as idiot doctors have been just telling them they should lose weight speak English and they just have to mime it out like less food (laughs) still not picking up what you're putting down Mr. Doctor this is not very helpful says Sharma this is about as helpful as telling someone with depression to cheer up Right now in COVID, I know 10 people that were pretty fat and they've all gotten shape and they are so happy. They're posting photos online every day of their fucking abs. You know, the girl I know in comedy, she's posted. She's like, this is the first time I've been wearing a bikini. People say you can't get skinny and look at me. I feel so happy. I've never felt so great. And like, yeah, you can. And it's also not the same as telling someone to be depression because there's, you know, there could be a lot more factors. But if you're... And, you know, still, people should try to get out of depression. You should obviously make an effort to do that. I'll tell you what it, the other side of it is, is someone saying you're depressed and you're like, what do you want to do about it? And you're like, nothing. And they're saying, hey, you're 500 pounds overweight. What do you want to do about it? Nothing. That's what you want them to do. Yeah, there's a middle ground. They might say, hey, you know, that uh, you might be in a situation where you're working all day on your computer. So maybe you might have to make some changes. What if we tried this? It may not be as easy as just move around. You might have to like the job might entail thinking about what that means. (laughs) But the idea, the doctor said that and you're like, no, bueno. Oh, that's telling a depressed person to cheer up. I'll tell you what. 
a lot of these fat people that are depressed, if they lose a bit of weight, it might cheer them up. And listen, if you're one of the boys and you got some extra poundage, I don't hate. I got lots of fat people in my crew. Danny Polishuk. I got nothing against fat people. I got nothing against people that are overweight. Let's, some of the funniest comics in the world is the funny fat guy. But you don't get to go to the doctor and tell him he's racist for speaking facts. And the BMI index has no correlation to health. If you got a better method, I will be happy for to support it. I go, hey, they used to do BMI. Now they got a better one. Anyways, this has been kind of a fun week. I did a lot of cool things. I did uh, the bonfire with Jay Okerson and Dan Soder. Probably two of the funniest people in the world. I thought Jay Okerson's Netflix special was one of the best specials. And this has kind of become like my group of people that I've been hanging around with in New York. So, uh, and I did Anthony Cumia, who was, if you watched uh, Opie and Anthony, was probably one of the greatest radio shows in the history of the world. I did Tim Pool's show yesterday, uh, which I'm an idiot because I, I looked up on my, I'm so stupid, dude. He said it's uh, the suburb of Philadelphia, but it was in New Jersey. So I looked up the wrong address and then I was like, and I was like two hours before because it said it, it was 45 minutes away and then it was too late to catch a train. So I just took a $400 Uber. <laughs> That's my only option. I was just like frazzled and I go, ah, and I just called it. And then when I got there, I said it on the, on the air for a bit and he was like, let me pay for it. I was like, no, you can't pay for it. That's crazy. And he's like, no, dude, we fly everyone in and pay for them ever. And he was like, let me, that's like literally what we do. I just thought you were closer. I go, it was my fault. Blah, blah. He goes, he goes, I go, how? he goes, let me pay for it. And he puts the money on. I go, pay half. Oh, that's it. I'll, I'll take half. How about that? We split it 50, 15. He goes, all right, cool. So I took half. So he gave me 200 bucks. And then I get, uh, I, I, then I got the girl to drop me off. The, like one of his employees dropped me off at the train station. And I got there, <laughs> missed my train back. <laughs> I took a 250 uh, cab. Then the uh, cab was cheaper. I took a 250 cab back to New York. And the whole time I'm just like, I'm just too stupid to be doing things like I need to be sitting in my house doing this podcast, making my videos and walking to the comedy club to, to doing to do stand up comedy. Anything else I add to this equation, I am too stupid for. But the moral of the story is I know, you know, all these people are kind of Tim Pool's that like kind of positioning himself to be like the next fucking Rogan when he gets off YouTube. There's all, all these people are these, you know huge people in the scene and a year ago I was just watching them do their thing from Toronto and now I'm in the mix thanks to the boys everyone's I'm part of the cultural conversation I think and I appreciate everyone that has been supporting me I have one thing that I'm going to do and also patreon.com slash the boys cast new episode every two weeks we have a discord everyone's talking about it there and I appreciate everyone that's been donating because it, it does help and I like I said I've been spending all this money on videos but on top of that one thing that I am going to do and I hope you'll follow me on it because everyone I've been getting everyone's advice you know even when I went to Tim Pool even when I go to everyone I go to I've got this advice I'm, I'm like the pesky little kid like Hey, so how do you how do you organize your YouTube channels? Like, what, what is a super chat? I go, you know what I mean? Like, Kumi, I go. So, what exactly does your producer do? Like, does he get the articles? Do they write? I'm like, do, do, do you have people that like write stuff for you and send you stuff? Like, do you write everything yourself? Like, what do they do? Who cuts the clip? I'm just like bugging everyone. You know what I mean? I'm asking, and so it's, I got the vibe that uh, it's better to change my YouTube channel to another channel. That's what everyone's been saying. Put the boys cast on its own channel, and then some people are like, you're an idiot for not doing it, and then some people are like, I don't know if it makes a difference, and I know that I would lose some viewers, so I'm hoping people will follow me when I do it, and. 
I've been asking everyone. That's I've just been bugging everyone on the internet, like all these famous people, being like, "Yo, what's your take on the YouTube channel thing?" And everyone's just sick of my stupid questions. But I'm trying to be the best over here, I'm trying to make the right moves. And it seems like the move is, after all of my bothering people, that I should move the boys cast to its own YouTube channel. A lot of people's advice was when you get to 100k on your channel, separate it. So that's what I think I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have my main channel on YouTube, then I'm gonna have the boys cast channel, and then my clips channel. And I'm hoping the dogs won't leave me. I know that it's about half of my viewers are audio. So if you're audio listeners, you're like, what is this? What is this YouTube? I'm running on a treadmill right now, illegally in COVID. What is this YouTube he speaks about? I'll shut up now. Thank you for listening to the boys cast. Boy power. I've been Ryan Long. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>